TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Great to have the big dog with us. Great to have you out there with us at the Two Guys at a Mic Show, TalkZone.com. Producer extraordinaire David Olson also on board for the ride. A big dog, we got to thank uh, producer extraordinaire David Olson, who in our Beat the Schmoes contest, he went 2-1, and one, basically saving the Schmoes because the two of us were a somewhat below the Mason-Dixon line, 1-2. Not very impressive. So we got to thank Dave for being an outstanding Schmo last Friday. Uh, thank you, David. Bad <laughs> An outpouring swell of emotion. Very, very heartfelt. Thank you very much. How are you, Big Dog? Uh, doing pretty well, Coach. Uh, and and hopefully you're doing better today. Uh, well, more angst, I hope. I am, but probably uh, not for the reason that you're going to think of. Because normally you are a man of the people. In my opinions tend to, uh, and I'm very strong on my opinions, but they tend to be a little bit more out of the box and not exactly with the majority. However, uh, in yesterday's discussion with the we have, I am feeling better today because after surveying people and just talking to people yesterday, not the experts on TV, not the sports talk radio jabbering idiots, okay, okay. Not, not NFL coaches and not NFL referees, but my people, the everyday people, the fine city of Chicago, everyday fans that have watched the Bears like I have over the years, and it ran, uh, Big Dog, maybe 80-20, maybe 90-10 towards the simple comment was, that was a catch, that was a touchdown. Bears should never have won that game. So I am feeling better today because I am, for a rare moment in time, a man of the people. Well, that doesn't bother me, Coach. It doesn't bother me that you feel better. It also doesn't bother me that those people said that. Mm -hmm. People can feel that that's a catch. That's fine. Then they got to change the rule. I'm not going to be upset that they followed the rule because they changed the rule and they specifically <laughs> went over catches like that. So I'm not going to uh, worry about it. If we and really, I don't know how many times in my life I've watched my teams get screwed over by stuff, whether it's Hugh Holland doing the bulls in every single time there's a clutch moment in a playoff game or, <laughs> or it seems like uh, you, know, you ask, I mean, I'm not a white Sox fan, I'm a Cub fan, but ask Hawk Harrelson how, how bad the officials or the referees or umpires, excuse me, go against them. I mean, all he does is complain about it for nine innings. So, you know, for once, for once, a technicality, mm -hmm. a rule actually helped the Chicago Bears win a football game mm -hmm. because they didn't help themselves yesterday or on Sunday. So if something else can help the Bears win, I'll mm -hmm. take it. Not making me feel any better, but I understand your uh, opinion. If we had a four-hour show, I'd spend the first hour re-arguing yesterday's show. By the way, anybody that wants to uh, check it out, our archives on all the shows are available at twoguysmike.com. We invite you to listen uh we invite you to check in at our website, listen to any of the shows. There's also a lot of un other information on there, including the award-winning Coach's Corner. I know you're a regular reader, big dog, of the Coach's Corner. Absolutely, Coach. It's all about the kids. <laughs> all about the kids. Now, you and, you used to have a um, a blog, the Big Dogs. Dog's blog. Dog's blog. Mm -hmm. We need to get that started again. Okay, I will. It's basically all it is about college football. It's basically all it is. Dogs, dog. That was very popular, if I remember correctly, with females 
35 to 55, recently divorced. Actually, that has continued to be one of my. <laughs> I can't. Even, I mean, legitimately, coach, that is definitely one of yeah. my biggest categories right now. Oh, that was I'm that hating. was that the other website? Dogs flock. I might have got. Same I might have got your blogs mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same theme. Oh goodness! By the way, I was right behind, or a couple cars behind a, a septic trunk today, and the sign on the back of the septic trunk: "We're number one in the number two business." Thought that was kind of cool. Thank you very much. We got the flushing sound effect. Very, very nice. Save that because we're going to use it again when we talk about the United States Open, which was held in Flushing Meadows, New York. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. If you want to uh, talk over the flushing sound effect, you can give us a call. But I talk to the big dog and a coach. Again, 888 One of the things I want to do, dog, is go over. Uh, we got so caught up in the Bear-Lion controversy, we never got into the other NFL games. So I'd like to do a little round them up, wrap them up with you uh, in Major League, uh, Major League Baseball, in NFL football, if you'd be willing to do so. Uh, well, heck, yeah. I mean, uh, the, the NFL weekend finally kicked off and. You know, as much as I love and college football is my favorite sport, there is no doubt. NFL is a very close second, Coach. Mm-hmm. Did you watch? So, I, I didn't catch any of the games last night, but two Monday night games and uh, uh, one big upset, too. The Chiefs knocking off the Charger. But, you know, I'm not going to consider it an upset because, um, and, and this is this is the honest truth, if we would play beat the Schmoes and had a Monday pick, because we don't allow the Monday night game right. so we can get all the results in by, on Monday morning. The the Chiefs were one of the they were a four and a half point underdog. The Chiefs the Chargers, mind you, are missing their starting left tackle, which is extremely important. That's Philip Rivers who was running for his life all night. And they were also missing their number one target. Mm-hmm. And they're starting a rookie running back. Uh, the Chiefs have drafted the best in the NFL over the last two years. There's so much young talent on that team. The Chiefs could end up being that surprise team. Okay, I was wrong, coach. I thought it was going to be the Raiders. Yep. And I thought maybe there was going to be the Chiefs next year. Well, it might be the Chiefs this year, and the Raiders might be done. Don't again. forget don't forget my surprise team picked the Jacksonville Jaguar. David Garrard, Maurice Jones, Drew, and company looking uh, pretty good in game number one. I like Jacksonville as a surprise. Yeah, getting it done against a pretty solid Denver team. Yeah. Not a great team, but a solid Denver yeah. team. Yeah, but your comments, I didn't know much about Kansas City, quite frankly, coming into the, uh, the season. But I tuned in, uh, Joel, I think it was – I'm trying to remember if it was second quarter or third. I think it was mid-second quarter. I watched the game for all of about nine or ten minutes, okay? Well, hopefully you saw the Dexter McCluster return. Hopefully you saw that. No. I saw a long run by the Kansas City running back. I did not see, what was it, a kickoff return? Jamal Charles was what? the long run. He's a kid from Texas. They drafted him in the fourth round two years ago. What What's his name? That was Jamal Charles. Yeah. He's got some burst. Yes, he does. The young, well, apparently last year, and I never even heard of Jamal Charles, you know, bad sports talk host, but he averaged, what, 4.9 a rush last year. And uh, he was, in, Coach, that guy was at, when he was at Texas, he was incredible. So the, the reason why he, because he's a slight player, he's only like 5'10", 180 pounds. Mm-hmm. So he, he went fell to the fourth round. The guy's like a sprinter with great vision. Mm-hmm. He's a, that, that was a steal by the Seriously, the Chiefs have drafted phenomenally well the last couple of years. So mm-hmm. The Bears tend to draft sprinters with bad vision or running backs that are real slow that have great vision. Either or. They, they can't get the whole combination, Coach. Good point. <laughs> all right. But the point I'm trying to make, it was weird, Big Dub, because I watched, again, all of maybe eight or nine minutes. But 
and I knew nothing about the Kansas City Chiefs coming in. Watching that eight or nine minutes, I had the same feel. Now, you have some facts and some education behind I just had a hunch. I'm watching KC play. There was a crispness to their game. There was a sharpness to the team. And I just, again, watching eight minutes, I said, you know what? And I, I figured, you know, San Diego's probably going to beat them. But I thought, you know what? Kansas City going to be a pretty good team this year. And I wake up this morning and find out they indeed knocked off the Charger. I could tell in just that brief period of time that they got something going for them this year. Yeah, well, the thing that they got going for them first and foremost is Glenn Dorsey is healthy. And if you got yourself a good uh, or a great defensive tackle, you can be a good team on defense. And that dude is phenomenal when he's healthy. Coach, remember the kid from LSU that basically yes. carried them to the national title? Kind of. Well, uh, he's, he's so again. He reminded me of Tommy Harris of the Bears uh, pre-injury. Kind of that mm-hmm. kind of big but very explosive and quick. Well, yeah, he's no, he's gigantic. Coach, the guy's yes. 390 pounds. Yeah, his head weighs more than uh, than I do, I believe. Quite possibly, Coach. I know his neck does. <laughs> if you count the neck and head combined, no doubt about it. So Kansas City won that game. I heard a little bit of controversy. And, again, football fans out there, you want to talk to the big dog, we'll get you right on. 888-463-6748. It's a residue Tuesday. We pick up some of the residue from the weekend. We're talking Monday night football as well. But um, I had heard that San Diego quarterback Phillip Rivers was doing a lot of whining complaining oh and crying out there. Explain a por favor. Oh, just, I mean, he needs to shut up. He, uh, screaming at the officials, screaming at his coaches, and his coaches, coach. Forget that. And then whining and complaining all day long to his offensive line, who was killing him. I mean, his offensive line did not play well. But I think after about, like, in the middle of the third quarter, they're like, we'll shut this guy up. Just let him go. <laughs> there comes a point when... <laughs> You know, you can be fiery and you can yell every once in a while, but if you really want to be an effective screamer, pick and choose your battles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Don't scream at your husband three or four different times in a week. He, then he'll, he'll end up just uh, turning you off and not even paying attention to you and him getting a divorce. You know, something like that happens. Mm-hmm. You got If you're going to be a yeller and a screamer, you don't do it every single week. And you don't do it all night long like he was doing. If I was his coach, the offensive coordinator, I'd have grabbed him by his neck and slammed him on the ground. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Okay. The play call weren't all that bad. He was missing throws. It wasn't like he was playing perfect ball game. Yeah. So, and that, that coming from the quarterback and the leader of your team, a team that uh, some people are predicting might make it to the Super Bowl this year. Everybody keeps waiting for the Chargers to take that next step. Well, based on their opening game and your description of their leader, Philip Rivers, Big Dog, they might be taking that next step, but the step might be down instead of up. Well, the way their offensive line played, you know, it's, they need that big Marcus McNeil back, that big kid from Texas A&M, because, mm-hmm. you know, he's holding out, and he's going to, because he, like, he didn't get tendered an offer, he can't play for at least the first four games. So they're going to miss him for the next three, so that they have issues. But talk about issues. The, did you did you see any of the Jets and Ravens game last night? That was the early game. Wanted to tune into that. Did not watch any of it. I'm sad to report. I know the uh, Ravens did win in a defensive battle 10-9 to over the Hard Knocks Jets. Fill me in. Well, quite simply, the first play the Ravens had from scrimmage, guy dropped back, two Jets came flying in, drilled Joe Flacco, almost filled him, the ball hit on the ground. Joe and Flacco! Angry, and angry Samoan picked the ball up. Next drive, the Ravens <laughs> get a first down, uh, and then, uh, you know, they hand it off to Sean Green. Uh, two Jets pummel him, and guess what happens? Another angry Samoan comes flying over the same guy, picks the ball up. I mean, it looked like it was just going to be a whitewashing for the Jets. 
But the Jets forgot to do something, Coach. You know, I'm all about taking care of the football, playing great defense, you know, be sound in the kicking game. That, that wins you championships in the NFL. But if you get six first downs on offense, <laughs> I mean, that is just absolutely Six first downs for the whole game? The entire game. Wow. The six first downs. Well, they had 39 offensive plays. You remember, Big Dog, I'm the one who told you that watching the Jets in the preseason, the hard knocks and everything – Good team. They picked up a lot of players, spent a lot of money. I like their coaches. The problem, though, with the Jets, their one weakness is the head, and that's the quarterback, Matt Sanchez, not a big fan of his. They didn't even give him a chance, Coach. I mean, I'm not going to blame. He had a little – he obviously had some fault in the loss yesterday, but I blame the offensive coordinator. It was pathetic. You don't just run it. I'm Like I said, I'm all about running the football and, and controlling it. Mm-hmm. You don't just run it up the middle three times. You know, consistently and 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 punt third and nine. It was it was pathetic. It was one of the worst. You're you're calling yeah, out think, Shoddy on our show. Is it, is it I Brian Schottheimer? Like, I, I feel like I know him personally after watching Hard Knocks. Uh, Shoddy, yeah, Brian Schottheimer. So, and again, I didn't see the game, but a very good. You sure it was a Ron Turner, the ex Chicago Bear coach, calling the offensive signals? You no, know, there was. I don't. I don't believe I saw a wide receiver screen coach. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely played. I'm third and twelve. I don't uh-huh. think I saw one. All right. So, do you think it's a shoddy, Brian Schottenheimer? Maybe he saw the same thing that I did. Lack of confidence in Matt Sanchez, not willing to air it out a little bit, and going to stick with the run game to play a conservative. Of course, that's a recipe for disaster. But you think that was part of his uh, thought process? Quite possibly, Coach. Because maybe he was just afraid of the Ravens. I, I don't know what it was, but when you're playing the Ravens, you have to be diversified on offense. Yep. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over again because they're really good on defense. Maybe not as good as the Jets are. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the Ravens' offense looked like it was a really good offense playing against a really good defense. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? And, and when they were running up the middle, it was a sense though they had the lead and they were still getting two or three yards at the time. The other way, it was just, I mean, they were booing in New York in the second quarter. I don't think I've ever seen a team who was leading because they were up six nothing at the time, uh-huh. getting booed at home. Second quarter of their opening game. <laughs> yes, in the brand new stadium, they were like, "What the heck is going on here?" Because the Jets kept getting the ball deep in the Ravens' territory and they couldn't put it away. Yeah, and we know from sports in any sport, if you're up and you got a chance to put a team away and you get opportunities and you don't do it, more often than not, it comes back and grabs you in the hiney. And that sounds like uh, exactly what happened with the uh, Ravens again winning the ball game ten. To nine. I also heard Ray Lewis as good as ever, huh, Big Doug? Absolutely, Coach. And uh, he's got that Holote Nata in front of him. He's got a bunch of different defensive linemen that they're rotating in and out. And if you keep if you keep Ray Lewis unblocked, he's, he will make tackles, and he was flying around putting pops on everybody last night. He hit Dustin Keller so hard that Dustin Keller, uh, he might have to take out a, uh, a burial plot, to be quite honest <laughs> with you, because he only has a couple more weeks to live. It was unbelievable. It was one of the hardest hits I've seen all weekend. Does Ray Lewis have any angry Samoans playing in front of him? Yeah, he's got a Holote Nata. Okay. See, that's that's a key. When you uh-huh. get to be up in you know your veteran years, you can still play at a high level, but it significantly helps if you have an angry Samoan playing in front of you. Yeah, well, it's funny you said that, because uh, as much as you know, we, we want to talk about the whole NFL, because we talked about the Bears yesterday, the Bears got number 75, uh, Steve Noah, or whatever the heck his name is. They got an angry Samoan in front of Erlacher. Erlacher played his best game since 2007, mm-hmm. the opening weekend of, uh, yeah. of this week. So we got, was, we got uh, so caught up in the whole controversy of the final 
play yesterday, we didn't get to some of the positives, and certainly that was one of them, the return of the Brian Urlacher we remember from how long has it been, like four or five years since he played with that kind of reckless abandon, that kind of speed? and Yeah, well, definitely in 06 when they went to the Super Bowl, he was, he yep. was playing that way. I mean, he did in 07, too. He wasn't the issue in 07, but obviously mm-hmm. he didn't play at all in 09. And yep. in 08, it, it just seemed like Paris Hilton had weakened his legs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Paris Hilton, among others. Among yeah, others. Among, there, oh, my yeah. goodness. There might have been an angry Samoan in there, too, you can blame. I don't know. i got to tell you some angry Samoan weekend legs. <laughs> little lesson from the big dog out there for all the young kids out there, huh? Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. People in front of you is the best way for me to say. <laughs> Take it easy. 888-463-6748, the phone number after our first break. We're going to go over all the NFL games from the weekend. Just a quick recap, get some of Big Dog's thoughts. Again, we want to hear from you, the listener out there. We'll talk some baseball as well. 888-463-6748. And real quick, Big Dog, we should mention yesterday, another brilliant performance by the now dominant tennis player in the world, Roger Federer, is now number two. It's all about the Spaniard, Rafael Nadal. And he did it. The USO, he won the whole championship, Big Dog, losing only one set, and he did not have an angry Samoan playing in front of him. It just goes to show in this country how much that we care about tennis. I mean, it was like that that ranked about 15th most watched sporting event this particular weekend because more people were interested in Cleveland versus Tampa Bay football than they were about that particular event. <laughs> yep. yes, so that it's on ESPN2, mind <clears throat> you, okay? And as Rafael Nadal is handed the cup, I am not kidding you, they go through the presentation, and Rafael Nadal, you are the 2010 U.S. Open winner. They hand him the cup, and they immediately cut out, and they go to 15 minutes of pregame for the, for the NFL game of Chiefs versus the Chargers. Not, I'm not kidding you. Not even the game, but the pregame. Yes. Yeah, that's cold. Yes, that, that pretty much just sums up how people in the United States care about tennis. That's cool. No, no, I'm not knocking the sport, just in general. Mm-hmm. So ESPN, they're the, they're the worldwide leader, so they know what they're doing, Coach. Well, I'm not so sure about that. They should have stuck with the celebration, Rafael Nadell. Brilliant. He's now won three consecutive majors. He did not win the, uh, what was the first one, the Australian? That's always the first one, yeah. Yeah, Roger Federer won the Australian Open. He has now won the uh, Wimbledon. He's won the French Open, won the U.S. Open. He's won 21 consecutive sets in major tournaments. That's good. Yeah, that, that, or 21 consecutive matches, I think, and he lost only one set the entire U.S. Open. That's unbelievable. And we should also mention the guy he beat, Big Dog, Novak Djokovic, with the silent D. It's pronounced Djokovic, but there's a D in there somewhere. You know how I hate the silent letter. But this guy's a phenomenal player, too. Four consecutive years. Novak Djokovic has made the semifinals. What's that? Djokovic. What did I say, Djokovic? I don't know what you're saying, but it's wrong. Djokovic, <laughs> Djokovic, four consecutive years he's made the U.S. Open semifinals. That's pretty impressive, too. Even in defeat, he's had a pretty good run. He's like the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Nothing wrong with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, but I don't know. It would get to a point where I would just I would just bury my head in the sand. I finished second. Mm-hmm. You know, you should be really proud, but after four years, it's probably, it will get a little irritating. Uh, yes. Okay. A little irritating and frustrating, but I always, and, and Big Dog is referring to the Buffalo Bills teams that four consecutive years under Marvelous Marv Levy made the Super Bowl in four consecutive years they lost. I will admit to you, frustrating and a little bit irritating, but here's the way I look at it. People criticize that Buffalo team. Forget about it. You know, you could say they lost four Super Bowls. Here's the way I look at it. They won. They won four consecutive 
AFC championships. And they won nine consecutive AFC yeah. playoff games during that time. That's pretty impressive. Because they had to buy three of them. They had to get, so they won two games three of the years. They won mm-hmm. three games one year. So nine AFC playoff yeah. games in a row yeah. they won. Yeah. And the 1990 Buffalo Bills, who lost by a point and basically lost to a, a team that played a perfect football game in the New York Giants that day. Mm-hmm. And all they did was miss a field goal. If they make that field goal, they're considered one of the best teams of all time, the 1990 Buffalo Bills. Because yep. if you, they're loaded everywhere. Andre Reed, James Lofton, Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly, uh, Theotis McKelvin. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that, that team was awesome. Their backup was Kenneth Davis, who would have started on like 20 teams in the NFL at running back. From the, uh, Daryl Talley, Bruce Smith, Shane Conlon, Cornelius Bennett. I mean, <laughs> I have no idea how that team did not win one of those Super Bowls. Coach. Yeah, but again, won four AFC championships. It's all about perspective, Big Doug. It's all, and you can take this into life as well without getting too philosophical here. But it's all about your perspective. It's like when we used to do the radio show, David Olson, on our other station. You know, there might have been six sports shows in Chicago. We probably were ranked number six, which got us depressed a little bit. But we always advertised ourselves as the number one sports talk show on a non-English speaking station. It's all about perspective. Yeah, that, that right? helps. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, and then we could stick out our chest a little bit. And again, if English is a second language for you, our radio show was outstanding. The problem I was like, the people that thoroughly understood English, Big Dog, apparently didn't like us quite as well. But let, you have to be, we actually weren't the number one sports show in a non English station because there was uh, the, the Julio Deportes show. <laughs> so it was the number one English. Speaking sports show out of non-English. Oh, you mean Julio Deportos beat us? Yes. Oh, <laughs> but we we'd have no idea because we don't speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the rating. I used to look at the ratings in English and the ratings in Spanish. I like the ratings in Spanish much better. Cruzando el servicio, el primer palo, gol. Can you imagine if that guy did FIBA basketball? Oh goodness! Because there's a lot more scoring. Yeah, he'd be worn out after game one. Yeah, he would. There wouldn't be anything left. I forget the commercials he's doing now, but it's like he can make things more entertaining, and he's doing a chess match. I think it's Seattle. It's Geico, Dave. It's, it's what? Geico. It's Geico? Yeah. It's phenomenal. You sure it's not phenomenal. Seattle's? Pretty sure. There's okay. no there, there's no bathtub Just in there. Just because that, yeah. that's what he should be doing a commercial for. He's one of the many Geico guys. Geico's putting out some big bucks for their commercials. Yeah, well, they don't have uh, actual agents. So instead of having agencies and all that other stuff, they just advertise. And plus, their service is horrible. Mm-hmm. So they have to keep on advertising. You want to know why McDonald's advertise so much? Because their product is ridiculously bad. <laughs> It'll kill you. So <laughs> It'll kill they you. Just, they, they just keep reminding people, hey, come to McDonald's, come to McDonald's. Then you go to McDonald's, and you realize that the food is addictive. Tastes kind of good. It's got all the sugar and salt that you need for like a month in it. And then next thing you know, you're going to McDonald's every single day because you saw one mm-hmm. commercial of some person smiling after they had a happy meal. At least I know people that go to McDonald's. I know Geico has been a very successful insurance company. I don't think I've ever met or known or come across a person who actually uses Geico. Have you ever? Yeah, well, I, I really don't know if I do, but the coach, the best way for me to, and I, I mean no disrespect here, but the demographic is basically people that are hoping they never get into a car accident. Well, no, no, that's and they not want a, the cheapest possible insurance that they can get. That, that's not exactly true. Um, 
Geico, you have to be a member of certain <laughs> organ. No, seriously, I, I and I forget what it is. You have to be like, you have to meet a certain criteria in order to get the insurance. Uh, a Breathing veteran, is one. a union member, okay. uh, you, you have to be affiliated with uh, at certain at certain organizations in order to even qualify to get Geico. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's how they can do the whole non-compete thing. Exactly, exactly. Okay. okay. So I can, I can look that up, but yeah, of course, you know, I do because I used to do, mm-hmm. you know, insurance for a lot in my younger days. Okay. You know, going for the ch- uh, cheapest rates and everything like that. You're uh, you're thinking of progressive. Progressive is the one where you go in and they like you, you get the cheapest the cheapest overall. Progressive gotcha. auto yeah, insurance. Yeah, that's, that, that's what I was thinking actually. Yeah. That is exactly what I was thinking. So. All right, very good. So far in the first 23 minutes and 12 seconds of the show, we've covered angry Samoans all the way right through. A little bit of the background on Geico Insurance Company at Sports Talk at its your at your finest here in the two guys at a mic show yesterday. Yeah, here's one more fact about Geico, uh, owned by Warren Buffett. Oh, then it's definitely a good company. Yeah. Of recent, though, right? He purchased it somewhere? By, by, about 10 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, Warren Buffett's like 112 years old, so that qualifies as recent. All right. But his wife's only only 17 or 18. You talking about Muffy? <laughs> Muffy Buffett? 25. Okay. 25, please. Warren is all above board. He's a good man. Fine man and an occasional listener to this program. We don't want to lose any listeners, Big Doe. You know uh, I love Warren Buffett, Coach. Warren and, and Muffy. Please throw a shout-out to his wife, Muffy, please. I'll be more than happy to throw a shout-out. What up? Holla. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's Residue Tuesday. We're going to quickly go over some of the NFL football games, the highlights, the lowlights, everything in between. Big Dog and the Coach will cover some baseball also, and you can be part of the show. Dial it up, folks. we got phone lines open. Join the fun. Give us a little contribute, if you will. 888-463-6748. We'll take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. It's TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic, your number one. Internet Sports Talk Station. Lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Hey, everybody, welcome you back. Two Guys in a Mic, TalkZone.com. Big dog, I was so into NFL football this weekend, opening weekend. It was so awesome to watch the Bears play, even with a disgusting ending to the game. It was just great. To have NFL football back. Here's how into football I was. I watched so much on Sunday that I went to sleep Sunday night. You with me here, Doug? Yeah. How are you, buddy? Everything good? Uh, everything's good. I'm just wanting to know what what who your I, wife ended up looking like. No, it was a little different. I went to sleep Sunday night, and uh, I had a dream, and I can't even remember who it was, but you know, with some female, and I'm in a, in the middle of a passionate moment in my dream, of course, right in the middle of a passionate romantic moment, I took a game break to check in with Kurt Menefee. 
That's bad. That that is bad. So that I, is I, bad. I, I gotta tell you something that's uh, that's actually probably not bad for like if you're like 18 and and finally have a chance to actually do that. <laughs> Kurt Menefee might be a good visual for those guys. <laughs> Oh, if you want to prevent an accident from happening, right? Just think, Kurt, and, take, a, take a game break with Kurt Menefee. Yeah, Kurt Menefee is no accident. <laughs> oh, goodness. 888-463-6748. I don't know if uh, David Olson has any musical background for us, but Big Dog, with your permission, and I know you're sitting on your large keister right now, if you could take your left and our right gluteus maximus and join me. In a quick recap, an NFL round-em-up wrap-up. You up for it, big fella? Uh, coach, at full speed, my friend. God bless you. All right, game one we're going to talk about, big dog. The Houston Texans, they appear to have arrived. They beat Indy 34-24. Peyton Manning passed for 1,000 yards, but it didn't matter. It was in defeat, and we have a new star on the NFL. It's Denard Robinson in college football, but please welcome Arian Foster to the NFL stardom. He had an awesome game. Uh, unbelievable game. Toted it 33 times, 231 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, just getting it done. If you want to beat the Colts, you have to run the ball and control the clock and keep Peyton Manning up the field because he threw for 433 yards in the loss. Phenomenal Quickly, game from the Texans. For the NFL fans out there who don't play fantasy and study the game and research it as much as we should, who and or what is Arian Foster? Arian Foster was a third-string running back for the Tennessee Volunteers, and it's basically the uh, reason why Philip Fulmer probably lost his job because that kid should have been playing. Oh, my goodness. And he's just uh, He's been compared to Terrell Davis, and it's funny because they run the same plays, Gary Kubiak, that they used to run when he was with the Denver Broncos, that stretch play coach. So Arian Foster might not be like a, a one-game joke. He might end up having a great season. Uh, game two on the docket in a somewhat nondescript game. Green Bay pulls out the victory 27-20 to over Philadelphia. I guess the interesting part there, because it wasn't a breakout game or anything big game for Aaron Rodgers. Packers just went about business. But Kevin Cole got injured for the Eagles, and Kevin Michael Cobb. Vick came in. Cobb? Cobb. Cole? We've talked about this, Coach. Cole? Cobb. Cobb? He got injured, whoever he is, Cobb or Cole. Michael Vick came in, and uh, Michael Vick, pretty impressive. Big Don, that was the big excitement in that game. Yeah, that, that, that's your guy, Kevin Cobb. You're supposed, to have, you're supposed to have a breakout season. All that's happened so far is he's been concussed brutally. That was a Clay Matthews come flying in and slammed his head on the ground. That was a, a beautiful, beautiful tackle if you're a Green Bay Packer fan. And maybe even an Eagle fan, because all of a sudden you might get Michael Vick and they want him there. And by the way, if you're an NFL football fan watching Clay Matthews play, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. He has become one of the top linebackers in the game. Fly out of the football. Yeah, absolutely. I just wish he wasn't a Green Bay Packer. Award-winning music here by producer David Olson. Game three on the dock of my friend. New England knocks off Cincinnati 38-24. All the Ocho, Cinco, Tio, Cincinnati Circus goes kaput. As New England says, we're still the champs, folks. Tom Brady, big game. And how about the welcome back? A Wesley Walker, eight catches after missing last season. You got to love that kid, Wes Walker, big dog. Uh, Wes Walker is just a stud. He's everything that uh, everything that you want a football player to be, and he, uh, it's just amazing. ACL injury, and he's back. And it was the seventeenth week of last season, so it's seven, <laughs> seven months ago. I, I, I'm just dumbfounded. Folks. Is it Walker or Walker? It's Walker. <laughs> Walker. <laughs> Oh. You got a name wrong in every single. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a tradition. <laughs> yeah, well, like, you know what bothers me. So that's my pet peeve. That's why I do it. 
Game four on the docket. Pittsburgh Steelers win it 15 to 9. The score doesn't sound very exciting. The game actually was. The game goes overtime. Steelers win it for Mikey Timwood and Rothschild Mendenhall, a kid that played his high school football big dog about eight minutes away from our studio at Niles West High School. He runs 50 yards, first play of overtime. Steelers bring home a victory. Uh, well, if you if you score a touchdown on a sprint in uh, in overtime instead of being a walk off, is that a runoff, coach? Yes. Good. Yeah, Calvin Johnson had a runoff winning touchdown that the refs wouldn't allow. He wasn't running off. Uh, next game of the docket, we're not going to get back in that argument. Arizona. And by the way, the Bears still had a chance to win that game, mind you. Arizona, the Cardinals knock off St. Louis, the Rams. Now, Arizona used to be in St. Louis. Arizona used to be the Ram. Now they're the Cardinals, St. Louis. Used to be the Cardinal, but now they're the Rams. Go figure. 17-13, Sam Bradford, big dog. In defeat. Starts for the Rams, throws the ball 55 times, three interceptions, 250 yards. 55 times for the rookie quarterback. How about that? In his first game ever, what the heck is Linehan thinking? <laughs> Legitimately, you know, you got to protect your rookie quarterback, okay? And they were throwing it every single down, and, and I'm surprised he didn't get killed. They, they can't keep on doing that, Coach. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be a way for the for the Rams to get W's this year by having a, a rookie quarterback throw 55 times. Bring right back bring back Marshall Falk and let him run the ball a few times. That'll help. Well, he looks like he's in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. Next game up on the docket, there may be a new sheriff in town, folks. The Jacksonville Jaguars picked for last place in the conference. It didn't look like a last place team as Jack Del Rio, the coach, just smacks Josh McDaniel, the Denver coach. All around, Jacksonville wins 20 Four to seventeen, disappointing performance from a team, the Denver Broncos, big dog that a lot of people thought could contend in the AFC this year. Well, I don't know if the Broncos can contend in the AFC, and I don't care how good the Jaguars are this year, coach. They're going to finish in last place in their division. They are in the same division as the Texans, who they're not as good as. Yep. The Titans, who they're not as good as, and the Colts. Mm-hmm. They're in last place. Hey, I hate to tell you. That's they heck- might be 9-7 and seven in last place. That's a heck of a division. You make a good point. That's that's similar to the NFC North, I think, for uh, balance top to bottom. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. Yep. Uh, next up in the docket, it was Seattle. Again, this is award-winning version of NFL round them up wrap up We do it each and every Monday, or if we don't get to it Monday, we'll do it Tuesday. Here on thetalkzone.com, two guys at a mic show, Seattle all over the San Francisco 49ers. Mike Singletary, not a happy man after the game, Big Dog. And how about Pete Carroll gets his first victory as a Seattle Seahawks coach? Yeah, Pete Carroll running up and down the sidelines, acting like a cheerleader. He wasn't even really coaching. It was just, uh, it was kind of cool to see an NFL coach act like that. And, and Mike Singletary calls the dreaded team meeting after they got off the plane. <laughs> not good. Not yeah. good. Yeah, well, actually, Mike Singletary was thanking Pete Carroll somewhat sarcastically after the game for giving his team a wake-up call because he fully admitted they just got spanked and whooped, and he said, thank you, Pete Carroll, that's the wake-up call we need. We'll see if Michael uh, Samurai Singletary can rally the troops for San Francisco. A lot of people picking them to be one of the surprise teams this year, a disappointing start for sure. And by the way, just as a note, on behalf of the Pete Carroll family, please do not mention Pete Carroll and cheerleaders in the same sentence, Big Dog, as there were some potential problems back at USC. Okay, well, uh, there should be. My goodness, I watched that USC-Virginia game. Wow, that's all I have to say to you. So, <laughs> wow. 
Uh, he didn't have any angry Samoans in front of him either, did he? Uh, there's the USC. Sometimes they, they get uh, they get most of the kids from South Central playing uh, defense. <laughs> All right, a final game we'll mention on our NFL Roundup. Up, wrapping up, we already talked about the two Monday night games yesterday. Washington taking on Dallas. We kept an eye on that game because the Bears take on the Cowboys next week. The Cowboys a popular pick for the Super Bowl this year, too. They lay an egg on game one. The Redskins knock them off 13-7 to in another defensive struggle. I mean, that game was brutal to watch because all it was was penalty after penalty after penalty. And, and you can't blame the Redskins because it was the Cowboys who, was commit, who were committing them. And I'm not blaming the refs either because my that was just brutal, Coach, yeah. to watch that game. Yeah, I started to say it may have been a defensive struggle, but the game was rather offensive. Yes, it was. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. Giants it was the beat- most watched Sunday night game in the history of football. Wow. So that not exactly what the NFL wanted to showcase as their uh, – mm-hmm. Well, in the, the most watched Sunday night game ever on ESPN, or, or, or what do you call it, Channel NBC, mm-hmm. wherever it's at right now. Yeah, overall, uh, TV ratings for the NFL, and people were worried maybe with the strike coming up next year, a great Saturday at college football, maybe the buzz would be off a little bit. It appears, Big Dog, even with all the problems in our society, maybe that's the reason for it. But it appears uh, the American public still very, very much in the National Football League on Sundays. Well, yeah, it's funny you're saying that because there's many games that aren't selling out, yep. but the games that are on television are being watched. And, you know, it's funny you said that, Coach, because, you know, like stores like uh, like Best Buy are putting up their best numbers ever because people are like, well, I'll take, you know, I'll spend, you know, $2,000 on an entertainment system and we'll stay home every weekend yep. for the for the rest of the year instead mm-hmm. of us spending $100 every single weekend going out. Mm-hmm. So it's actually cheaper, you know, so yeah. it's, it's funny, is yeah, ratings for television have gone way up because restaurants and bars are numbers are way down. Kind of funny. Well, it's kind of funny and it's kind of sad because you know one of one of the reasons. And again, NFL fans out there, you want to check in NFL round them up, wrap them up. We call this residue Tuesday. We pick up some of the residue from the weekend starting tomorrow. We forge ahead and look onward. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight again. Triple eight four six three sixty seven forty eight. But but no, it's kind of sad because um, you know the ticket prices have gotten so high that the average fan, or maybe even the the slightly less than average income fan. Can't afford to go to the games anymore. So we got the players going on strike, and the owners making money, and the players moving up here, and the owners moving up here, and they both keep moving up the ladder. Meanwhile, the ticket prices keep increasing. We keep watching more commercials, which ruins our enjoyment of the game. And I say it's kind of sad because, uh, you know, and it sounds cliche, but the, the regular fan can't go to the game anymore because it costs too damn much money. Absolutely, Coach. And it's, it's, you know, I'm glad the rest of the NFL didn't do the whole number one thing. You know, we're one, you know, before because that some, really would have bothered me. Some teams did. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, oh, I know yeah. the Bears and the, and the Lions did not. And if they did, they did not make a deal out of it. Yeah, so. no, some teams did, and there were some fan bases. Not huge booing, but there was some booing while it was going on. I'm glad it was. I'm glad there was booing because yeah. you, you, you got some guy making – Thirty-five grand a year, saving up enough money so he can spend the the three hundred bucks every single weekend for him and one of his kids to go to a game, and uh, and and you know you know what I'm saying. And then all of a sudden, some guy complaining. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, the average salary in the NFL is uh, the minimum salary is about five hundred thousand dollars now if you make the team. Mm-hmm. Sixteen games, 
That's thirty thousand a game. That that's more. They make more in a game than what the average American makes. So mm-hmm. to, for them to be act like they're done wrong, right. you know what? Yeah, maybe your career is short. I understand that. Well, that's why when you went to college, you should have got an education. Yes, there's no one that's nobody that says you can't earn money after you retire at exactly. the age of 28 or 30 years old. Now, I might have come up with. I think I got the idea to get our show, and this would be a secondary thing, but to get our show to be world renowned here. Okay. Here's what we do, Big Dog, and somehow we got to get the word out there. But let's have the fans fight back in a sign of solidarity. I don't know if we can get the publicity out for this coming Sunday. Maybe it might take two weeks. Here at thetalkzone.com, two guys at a mic. Let's spread spread the, uh, um, not the rumor, what's the word I'm looking for, spread the message that all the fans right before the kickoff of next Sunday's games, you will grab the hand of the fan next to you in the stands. And everybody in the stands will then raise their hands, hands interlocked, and then put their number one finger up and make sure it's the appropriate finger. In a sign of fan solidarity, that we want the player salaries to come down, we want the owners making less money, and we want to be able to go to the games for slightly less ticket prices, and we want to watch the game without 37 commercial breaks and also game breaks with Kurt Menefee. I don't what? mind the commercial breaks, Coach. With I Kurt Menefee? I don't mind the commercial breaks. It's just that that's going to be part of the thing. I, that's, I don't have to pay for a commercial break. Well, okay, but, and, but and you I, are I paying. Pause the game. I pause the game and go do something for a half hour. Come back and I don't watch any of the commercials. You know what? You and me do that, and I agree. But a lot of fans don't, and DVRing it is clearly the way to go. But the, for the fan, when you watch a game live, Big Dog, it absolutely sucks. I'm not going to say all, but it sucks a chunk of the enjoyment of the game away. All the commercial breaks. Well, I, I I wouldn't know that because on Sunday afternoon I watched the Red Zone channel and there's mm-hmm. no commercial. So it's been so long. And I'm, and when I'm watching college football, there is always at least two games on. Always, unless it's like a Boise State Virginia Tech special, mm-hmm. like we're a Monday night game. So I, I I have not fallen in that trap, and I can really okay. care less. Let those guys make as much money as they as they want. I don't want them to change their business. They figure it out. I just want to let them know I don't want to hear about it and quit crying okay. to us. When I hear players talk about our career short, you don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand what it's like to make $30,000 a ball game as league minimum. I don't, you're right. I don't have any clue what that's like. Mm-hmm. So, uh, whatever. Right. So, so you, you are not, uh, you are not going to join the ground swell that is the hand holding and the fans no, I will, fight I will, back. I, I like that. I could care less. I could care less about their business. I am not going to okay. tell them what to do. Let them figure it out. I just don't want to hear about it. All right. We got to get yeah. this idea out before another radio station copies us because this could be, uh, this could be big. Yeah, but we all just put the middle finger up at a game. Well, not be the middle, not the, the middle finger, the index finger. I said appropriate. Which one is that? Is that the one you put the ring on? Take oh, that's it easy. ring finger. Yeah. Okay. You can stick that one up, too, if you want. Okay, that would probably be better off yeah. for me. That means a little bit more. But how, but how, I just like the collective sign of the fans holding hands, raising their fingers with the number one and a sign of solidarity that, yes, the fans need to be listened to, too. And then maybe the following week, and obviously this is not realistic, but the following week, nobody shows up to the game. That's Zero. never going to happen. We will bar never, all fans ever, from the ever, game. Ever you play in front of nobody to show you how valuable the fan is. That's never going to happen, Coach. Okay. And then That's after never that, never going to happen. What about the guy that saved up? You know, what about the guy that makes twenty-eight grand a year who saved up all his money to go take his kid to like mm-hmm. uh, a Giants game that when they're playing in Jacksonville or something like that? We're going to tell those, oh, forget it. that money is gone, it's wasted. Don't go to the game. Part of my FSM, we will have scholarships. That person will be reimbursed. By the way, FSM, the fan solidarity movement. 
very close to FHM, which is one of those Maxim magazines. <laughs> oh, I, I love, don't I know love. about Magneto. Part, about- part of the joy of me doing this show, Dave, is just aggravating the hell out of the big dog. Be it spelling or coming up with ridiculous ideas or mispronunciations, but it, quite frankly, big dog is part of the joy I get each and every day. So the acronym? <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. Oh, goodness. All right, 888, I like that, though. The FSM, the Fan Solidarity Movement, anybody that would like to join my movement. Well, maybe I better put it slightly you know, it, different. It, it, would, it would work for baseball, don't you? Because yeah, there's 81 games, and the tickets are expensive and not re- exorbitant. Right. Even if so we it don't... Just, it just won't work for football to tell people to stay home. It's never going to work. Okay. It maybe, work. maybe the stay home part won't, but the uh, the, the um, right before the kickoff, the holding come. of hands and the raising of the number one, that's something that could catch on. I, I wouldn't mind telling everybody like, to leave at the start of the second quarter and just... I don't know, just miss the second quarter and walk out of the stands. Mm-hmm. Maybe people might do that. So you can see, like, you know, just people leave and, and not watch the game for a quarter. So see what yeah. they would, with how they would feel if they were playing in front of an empty stadium. Yeah, I, I've said it's a pipe dream and it's completely unrealistic, but as unrealistic as it is, I think it would work. You tell the uh, pro athletes, hey, max salary, anybody's getting max is a million bucks. Million. And then the contracts are going to work down from there. The minimum might be 100000 and uh, you know what? If you don't want to play, bye bye. There's tons of talented the problem, athletes. There's a problem. So what's gonna? So then you have owners instead of making instead of owners making two hundred million a season, they'll be making no. three billion a season. No, 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 no. Because no. along with that, the owners uh, uh, will, there will be a limit on how much a team can profit. And the bottom line is that, and again, this is, this is America. What is wrong with you? Why? What's wrong with people making a profit? Well, I, that, that sickens me. When you say that, Coach, you talk about irritating me. The other stuff is all cute. Mm-hmm. The fact that you want to limit what other people make yes, I do. is communist. Well, it's communist. It's a and strong... I understand your, I, you know what? Fans should do something about it and mm-hmm. not go to games, okay? I agree with you. That is, that's what they should do. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, for oh. This person is making too much money. Who is anybody to say someone's making too much money? Well, I am. And I think there's a lot no, of others not. out they're there. They're obviously not because people are going to games. Games are okay. sold out except for in Jacksonville and, and Tampa Bay. But I think there's okay. a lot of people out there fed up with it, and you use a strong word, communism, right away everybody's going to, ooh. But, but you know, forget, you know, you're forget about the people make. Who, who, you can't limit what people make. This is America. We're supposed to be able I, to have free enterprise and, and, and capitalism. I'm all for free enterprise and, and capitalism, but on top of that, I would like to limit how much people make. Because I think it is unfair. So, I, yeah, I do think there Why should be some unfair? limits. Well, and, so, and if so it's the American the way. The government, so you put the control on the government, who, by the way, is the most, our, our government is so corrupt, it's not even funny. Yeah. So you, well, is that what you're going to do? No. Put the control, I mean, the not, not the way government is currently conducted, no. Oh, my goodness. If you're basically, if you're an elected official, you're a crook. Yeah. Is basically, and then I am saying about everyone from top. Bottom. But if you're saying, Big Dog, the American way, man, Mr. Patriot over here, it's the America way. Well, meanwhile, in the America way, you got people making tons and tons of money, be it athletes, be it owners, big corporation head guys. You got a guy like Carlos Zambrano making more money in one game that he pitches than many people do working 365, 24-7. If there's that much difference between people that are putting in a good, honest day's work, you know what? If that's your America, love it or leave it, I might want to leave it. 
Because I, I don't think I don't think that game. is the America way. Then don't go to the game. I couldn't agree more. Carlos Zambrano is overpaid. I, I just, couldn't agree with you more, Coach. I just use that as an example. Money, but to limit it to say, oh, we, we that guy personally, he makes too much. Then don't watch any more baseball. Is what you should do. We should not talk any baseball. We should totally forget All right, baseball. Well, if you don't want to limit it, how do you, how do you plan to? Uh, Solve the injustice and the the incredible difference. I don't go to any baseball games. Actually, the last time I went to a baseball game, I refused to. Those guys are overpaid. It's a joke. So that's how I do it. And I tell people, do not go to games. I don't go to baseball games, coach. I don't. That, that's the way I, I, I really do think they're overpaid. So instead of me talking about, oh, I'll limit what they'll do, I decide one thing. I boycott all baseball games. I will never put a, a, a penny into a Chicago Cub pocket. Mm-hmm. I had tickets the other day. I decided not to go. Someone gave them to me. I'm like, there's no way. I might actually have to eat while I'm in there. There's no way. Am I going to put a penny into that organization's uh, coffers? So I think I got it right because there's no reason for me to say, oh, that guy makes too much money. He should be limited. No, the guy worked his butt off, okay? I'm, I'm he, not denying he that they should. whatever he, he gets, okay? Well, no, not whatever he gets. He's, he doesn't deserve that in my opinion. But I, I have no problem with the differentiation in salaries. I have no problem giving more money to people that have worked hard and to who have put the extra effort in and have achieved a certain level. I have no problem with that. Okay, it's the, well, look, look what's happened in, in basketball, Coach. Basketball, there's a cap on how much players can make. There's also complete revenue sharing amongst the teams. And now because of this, teams like the Clippers and the Golden State Warriors have the highest value. Matter of fact, the Golden State Warriors were sold for $432 million. Do you know why? Because they're garbage. And you don't have to, since they don't have to pay share money equally in the NBA, mm-hmm. guess what happens? The teams that suck, the teams that don't, that aren't any good, the teams that were, they don't even have a fan base coach. They draw like four grand a game at the end of last season. Guess what? They are the most uh, they were the most profitable team in the NBA last year, the Golden State Warriors. The second most profitable team was the Los Angeles Clippers. And while players like Michael Jordan leave the Bulls because the Bulls have to pay his whole entire salary, yet they can't capitalize on it. So if you want to start throwing controls in there, we'll have the most garbage, worthless sports ever. Ever. At least when when teams have the ability to play players that are good, they'll at least try to win. And then I understand, like, you know, you're upset that the Pittsburgh Pirates don't ever, you know, they can't compete with the New York Yankees. The Pittsburgh Pirates have the most beautiful stadium in baseball, and they, they average about 11,000 people a game. Yep. People in Pittsburgh need to go out and support that team. Okay. I, I, this whole limit this, limit that, they do it in the NBA, and basically it's pretty sad that the worst teams are valued the highest. Mm-hmm. You don't want, I don't want America to turn into that type of, type of situation. I'm afraid that's kind of the way we're going. Cause mm-hmm. There's only one example that we have in the U.S., and it's the NBA. And it's, it's, it's pretty sad that the Bulls' value went up when Michael Jordan retired. That should not have happened. It went up dramatically when Michael Jordan retired. Oh, the first time from the Bulls, I meant. And that's primarily because of revenue sharing. Exactly. Okay. So, so the can... Bulls were better off. They were going to make more money when Jordan left. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's set up so garbage. It's also set up that every single team is going to make money. And it's also set up in a way that no player is going to make more than whatever the max deal is. Mm-hmm. You know, and I understand what people are thinking. I understand, oh, it's a, it's good. We'll limit how much the players will make. Tickets won't be exorbitant. Well, tickets are still just as high, and the bad teams make more money than the good teams. And it's 
stupid that it's set up that way. And it's not going to change because every single, you know, because they, they give owners of the, like the, the Clippers, the Jazz, Oklahoma City. Well, Oklahoma City actually draws, so I'm not going to rip on them, but it's, it's, mm-hmm. it bothers me, Coach. Sports business expert Joe Radwanski joining us here on the Two Guys in a Mic show. Big dog, if people want to uh, get more advice from you off the air here, is there uh, information? Do you have a website? How can they contact you for more financial advice? Joe uh, Radwanski <laughs> at AOL.com. It's not Yahoo? I've got, Cause I uh, sent you, I've I, got a bunch of email addresses, but I have okay. different ones for different purposes. So send them to uh, Joel Redwanski at AOL.com for those. I think ones. I sent you one at Yahoo yesterday, a nasty one. Make sure you check that out, okay? Oh, yeah, I did, because you're upset that uh, <laughs> Bears won because of a rule. So. I'm, gl- I'm glad you at least saw it before the show started. Uh, I was like, whatever. I'm not even upset. I'm not even concerned. About it. i got other things to worry about in my life. The fact that you're uh. so vehement that in, uh, and upset that the Bears won because of a legitimate rule. Maybe they should change the rule, Coach. Mm-hmm. But they followed the rule. Okay, I'm sorry they did, and the bull and the Bears uh, got a victory out of it. And, and don't forget, I'm going to remind people that they still had 27 seconds, and the Detroit wasn't exactly defending anybody yesterday, unless it was third and short. So yeah. or on Monday, now, Calvin Johnson made the catch, touchdown. Lions win the game in my book. They're 0 and one, and don't give me the process and the second act and the uh, ground cannot cause a fumble and all that other. Garbage, Rule 3, Section 2, Paragraph 4, Clause 5 of the rule book. Most of the fans out there, Big Dog, know a touchdown catch when they see it. That was a clear touchdown catch. The fans have spoken. The Bears are 0-1. I so. care less what the fans say. And by the way, again, the game wasn't over. It wasn't a walk-off score. Well, okay? come on. The Bears still had a chance. All they had to do was get a kickoff return. They had timeouts. Throw the ball a couple yards for a field goal attempt. And Detroit wasn't stopping anybody unless it was third and short. Wait, what was the final score? 19? The 14. 14. So the touchdown for Detroit would okay, so a field goal would still would have won. It would have made it either 20 to 19 or okay. 22 to 19. It would have made it either or. Okay. But meanwhile, the Detroit defensive line would have been teeing off on a Frank Omeo, a Chris Williams and company. So there's a and good the chance. They were able to move the ball through the air all day long yesterday or on, on Sunday. They had 380 yards of, of passing. They had 460 yeah. yards of offense. Okay. Yeah. And, and I know the Bears couldn't move the ball. And when it was, they needed a yard, they couldn't get it. But if they needed 20 at a time, they were doing it at will throughout mm-hmm. the game. So this whole thing that the Bears would have automatically lost, that, no. First of all, it was a rule. And secondly, the game wasn't over either. And I, people like me never quit. So. Yeah. Well, it was a misinterpreted. It was a rule, but it was a misinterpreted rule. That would be my argument. And it wasn't a misinterpreted rule. Well, when, according to you, when, when the head of officials said that is exactly what we're talking about, and five of the six officials immediately waved it off. They didn't immediately wave it off. One guy called it a touchdown, and five other guys ran over and said that is they. They did it immediately, coach. The call on the field, mind you, was mm-hmm. no catch. By the way, the Lovey Smith press conference. I mentioned this in our Facebook. Uh, Shot that we threw out to people, too. I thought that was one of the worst, most obnoxious press conferences I've ever heard from a coach. And usually when you say the word obnoxious, it's something controversial. But I don't know if you heard it or not, Big Dog, but he could be. You're familiar with the Stepford Wives, the whole concept? I mean, he is the Stepford coach. It is unbelievable. Well, that's the rule. We always knew the rule. and. There was never any doubt in my mind that that was a – I mean, come on. 
Of course there was doubt in your mind, Lovey Smith. Give me a break. And I would have loved to have seen a camera on Lovey Smith after that play. I guarantee you. He and Mike Marks were huddling up trying to figure out how they're going to get back and score because they figured right off the bat it was a touchdown. But according to Lovey Smith, there was no doubt in my mind that he never caught well, the ball. What a bunch of crap that is. Maybe he paid attention when the NFL sent those people out there. Well, he may have paid attention. But he... out to every single camp. And that's what drives me crazy is like, they have these bear players. Oh, I wasn't. I didn't know about the rule. I thought it was a catch. You idiot! They, the NFL sent officials out telling everybody about this rule this year, this year. So if, if, Lovey should be up there. He's like, yeah, my players should have known. They should pay attention when the NFL. How can you pay attention out. when you're put to sleep by the, the hypnosis that is the Lovey Smith? Th- he even because said this. Officials were talking. No longer Lovey Smith. Big dog, I swear to you, Lovey Smith said this in his usual voice. Well, we like, we follow all the NFL rules. We like all the NFL rules. I don't have a problem with any of the NFL rules. Yeah, I don't. I mean, you gotta be. Come on, Lovey, give me a break. Give me a little personality. You're coaching our Chicago Bear football team. Are you kidding me? Come on. He he much would have. I would have much rather had him say this, coach. We won on a rule. Our team should have lost. Yes. We need to play better. Yes. That's what I that's what I wanted Thank him to say. You. That's exactly what I wanted him to say. I agree. Okay. But instead he's out there. I agree that and another thing that uh, you th- I thought you were talking about this. This is what irritated me. Got about 15 seconds here. Monotone done. doesn't bother me because coach he's been here this is his seventh season. He's been here since 04. Okay. 6 years of Lovey Smith. This is the seventh season. He nothing's changing. Okay, so anybody gets upset about him talking monotone, Coach, I just laugh because Coach. It's not, it's not just the monotone, it's what he said. Two guys in a mic. When he said this, oh, oh, when he started, when he talks like we don't know football. Football is not rocket scientist. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. It's not that difficult. He acts like only he and his coaching staff understand the game, and none of the reporters or fans actually understand the game of football. Right, to be continued. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Big Dog and a Coach. Signing off. See you tomorrow at 10. Don't be late.